You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Happy hump day, everybody, and welcome to another badass, bunny-hopping, wheelie-popping, truck-stopping podcast today. I'm in a little bit better of a mood. I'm still pissed that I got my trail camera stolen this weekend, but it is hump day. I'm not working on Friday. I took the day off to uh, fulfill some honey-do lists. Uh, We'll still have a podcast that day, but uh, I'm going to be making a little office. I'm going to be getting myself out of the dungeon that I'm in the crap room, as I call it. I'm going to be making an office upstairs, moving my son downstairs, and uh, I'm going to be I'm going to feel like a professional for once in my life. Uh, this podcast is so popular, I have to take it to the next level, and that means I have to put it in a room that doesn't have um, a bed with cardboard stacked on it in a closet full of boxes from Christmases like two years ago. That's where I'm current. That's the current, the current. Now I'm envisioning this badass like wet bar and leather couch with all my mounts and uh, trail cam or uh, some sweet trail cam pictures and all my big sheds hanging on the wall. And when in all actuality, uh, it will probably be just a desk and a chair and a microphone. But, hey, it's better than what I have now. Anyway, I I started to ramble there. I am pumped because today we have the fourth and, as of now, the last installment of the Hunting Gear Wishlist podcast. And uh, I've had a lot of guys email me and text me and say that uh, they really like this podcast. Um, Not only is it a little bit informative, but uh, it's just cool to hear what products guys are looking at. Um, I know that you'll you'll see some overlay, for example, like uh, the Lone Wolf Tree Stand has been popular, um, and uh, you, you'll see some some trends there. But for the most part, everybody wants something a little bit different. Um, because of its popularity, I'd like to expand it uh, a couple more. And uh, so, if you feel after listening to these four podcasts that you would like to take part in the wish list 
Hunting Gear Wishlist podcast, uh, and you want to talk about nine products that you wish you had, um, send me a message via Facebook or ninefingerchronicles at gmail.com. Let me know that uh, it's something you might be interested in, and we can uh, talk through it and, and potentially set it up. So there's that. Other than that, guys, um, it's kind of a combo commercial today, and it's not really a commercial. It's just me talking about um, some uh, some observations I've made with my uh, Exodus trail cameras and my and Deer Lab that I'm taking those trail camera pictures and uploading them into. It's kind of cool. I had a I had a buck named Tupac, and uh, he's a gigantic ten pointer. Uh, he's probably just under 170. He's in next year. He's going to be what I feel is an eight year old buck. I hit him when he was a four year old, uh, five and six year olds. Uh, I didn't get an opportunity, uh, a crack at him. Although I think I saw him one time one year. And then, uh, this year he's a seven. I tagged out real early. So never had the opportunity to chase him. However, the day before I killed my buck this year, I, set out three trail cameras in this area that I have never spent a lot of time hunting before. It's his summer range and in the past I you know they they cultivate a field and the action's over. However, this year the corn stayed up a little bit longer. And I put three trail cameras up uh, kind of in different corners of this uh, of this field and sure enough I had a lot of activity coming uh through the west the west and the east side of this field and i was uh pretty happy uh to see that tupac this big 10 pointer um that i've been chasing for several years now uh was very very active on this on this piece of property Uh, i thought he disappeared and went somewhere else to some property that i didn't have access to now i know that uh, he's in this area there is a potential for some late season uh, activity and the reason that i am am happy with my exodus trail cameras in this specific instance is one of the trail cameras i had on that field was not an exodus and as the deer were coming in and out of this area it's it was very it was fuzzy the pictures the the nighttime pictures were fuzzy and i couldn't tell the antler characteristics because it was kind of a blur really really blurry and what that does is as the shutter of the camera is open there's it's not a fast little click so you're getting a lot of blur now the exodus on the other hand is a real fast snap and the picture's taken and it's a it's a quality picture i can tell the antler characteristics perfectly i knew it was this buck i call tupac then i took all those pictures that i gathered from from this area uh today and yesterday and i put them in deer lab and I noticed that out of these four trail camera pictures throughout the years, or trail cameras, that he's hitting are, are kind of at an angle across this field. They hit two of the trail cameras in the field and not the third. And yes, it's I could have done that without Deer Lab, but what I couldn't have done 
or I guess I could have, but Deer Lab makes it really easy just by uploading a picture. I can see his movement throughout the year and throughout a shortened period of time, like a week. And if he makes that same type of pattern next year, I can jump into that same area and get a crack at him, get, you know, put some eyes on him and find where he's exactly coming in and out and make a move to try to kill him. So that's, uh, you know, I, not only do these, are these guys sponsors of the show, but these are products that I not only like, but I use and they haven't failed me yet. So take that for what it's worth. I, I am very happy with, uh, with those two products. Uh, the Exodus outdoor gear.com is the Exodus uh, trail cameras website. And if you, if you're messing around on there and you like what you hear, you like what you see, they have so many cool things. Uh, check them out. And if you do purchase, enter the code nine fingers, that's the number nine followed by the word fingers, and you will receive uh, $20 off your purchase. Now, if you are interested in setting up a free trial with Deer Lab, go to deerlab.com slash nine fingers and you will receive a 30-day free trial just by signing up at no charge. Uh, so there's that. Now, enough chit-chatting, enough BSing. Let's get into today's Hunting Gear Wishlist podcast with Lance Heyman. All right, on the phone with me now is Lance Heyman. How are you doing today, Lance? Oh, not too bad. How about yourself, sir? Oh, I can't complain. I'm on the phone talking uh, hunting gear with you, so that's a pretty good day, if you ask me. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so how's your season been so far? I am tagged out. I am done. You're, ta- you're tagged out. Okay, so before we get into that, tell me, what do you do for a living, and where do you live? I live in Wichita, Kansas, and I do... Uh, I'm a photopolymer specialist at an identity group. We create signs for hotel chains and digital art and uh, decals for delivery trucks. and oh, uh, A whole bunch of different warning, things. Yeah, warning signs, all kinds of stuff. Okay. All right. Now, you're tagged out in Kansas, yes, right? And Kansas is a, a one-buck state, right? Yep. All right. So what'd you, what did you shoot? Shot a doe in September doe in October and then my biggest buck to date in November just on the 12th actually oh nice congratulations what did you what did you end up shooting um I had shot a I I think he's a 130 class eight pointer oh that's uh actually you know what I saw the pictures that you posted online that's a stud buck man I tell you he he came in so fast I didn't have time to shake and uh <laughs> I, I as soon as I saw him tearing in there, I knew he was a shooter just body size alone. I thought he was a, a big seven point until I got up on him. Right. It was, okay. a, it was pretty cool. So, uh, what, when did you shoot him? What day? I shot him on a, I believe it was Saturday, November 12th. I believe is when okay. it was. I had. What, uh, what part of Kansas? So you're from Wichita, right? Yes, sir. So, my uncle, he lives in Southeast Kansas and, uh, a lot of, not a lot of trees, uh, except in fence rows and, uh, fence rows and creek and creek systems just on the edge. Uh, what, what kind of 
property are you hunting over by where you hunt? A lot of uh, a lot of the same. Well, on the public ground we have there's a lot of wood, a lot of thick woods, and then the property I actually hunt is on the main channel of the Arkansas River, and I have a corner of uh, Slate Creek actually that connects to the Arkansas on the south end of the farm, and on the west far west side of the farm where most of the timber is runs the Arkansas that's maybe oh 60 to 70 yards from the field edge okay and it's got most most of the field is for agricultural we had beans on it this year we've had corn in the last couple years so it's more open field than it is timber but the timber runs all the way along the river and they they like to cruise that then uh, I get a lot of wandering bucks that just walk up and down the river or the creek. Uh, I don't think I have any bucks bedding on my area, but right. further to the north, there's a lot of lot more thicker uh, strips of timber and stuff that they may be bedding in. I just don't have access to those uh, right. properties. That's right. Yeah, that's that's kind of the same way with my uncle. He uh, he hunts a lot of fence rows and, and creek systems, like I said. Uh, not nothing terribly beds on the property that he hunts, but it's a travel corridor during the rut and he'll see, he won't see a lot of deer, but when the deer he does see step out they're they're pretty decent sized bucks. Yeah. All right. So you had a successful season so far. Sounds like you got some meat in the freezer. That's good as well. I, like I said, I I have a couple more tags to fill, so I, I just need to quit coming up with excuses and uh, make the wife upset some night and just get in the timber and go try to lay down a doe for some more meat in the freezer. But uh, it's good. It's a good feeling to, to shoot a buck, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, this is actually my fourth year in a row. I've shot a buck, uh, three of those being in November. Um, this is actually though the first year I've ever shot a Kansas doe and recovered her. Oh, really? Yeah. Just uh, bad shots in the, bad in the past? Shot or just not seeing them. Or yeah. when I do see them, something happens to where I, I've never been smelled, but I've been seen drawing or just missing these deer. It's like a black cloud hung over my head up right. until this year. I had my brother and a double man stand on a pinch point right after a heavy rain. It had cooled down a little bit, and I wasn't going to go hunting because our field was going to be muddier than snot. And he said, dude, you can't kill him from the couch. Right. But yeah, you're right. So we got up there and we weren't in the stand 40 minutes and I had a doe at three yards and I shot straight down through her and took both lungs and she only went about a hundred yards. Nice. Nice. It feels good to get the, get the, uh, knock the cobwebs off and get the uh, season, you know, good way to start the season, I guess. Yeah. And it was, uh, it, it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders because there's a lot of does on the property because they do bed. Closer to the house, there's a big pine grove that the neighbor owns that no one can hunt, and they, it's real thick. So they bed in there, and there's probably 10 or 11 does. And I've just, I've never shot one. A buddy of mine that hunts the property with me shot one two years ago, and it was a really big doe. This one was, oh, prop, she wasn't very old at all, and uh, but I can't pass them up at three yards. Right. Amen. Amen. Well, today is the fourth installment of the 
hunting gear wish list podcast. And uh, so you're the fourth one, and I really don't need to explain uh, anymore to the listeners what we are actually doing with this. If you've listened to the first three, uh, that gives you a pretty good idea of what we are uh, trying to accomplish here. So I think what we'll do is we'll just get right into it, Lance, and um, we're going to start with the $100 category. What is the first $100 product that uh, you have on your wish list? My first product is actually something that when it came out, I was very interested in, and that's the Mad Tree Koi. Mad Tree Koi. And what is the Mad Tree Koi? I've never heard of it. It's basically a, uh, it's a fake tree pretty much. It's got realistic leaves and a post you can just set up anywhere to create mock scrapes. And uh, I've seen the jurors use success with it. Um, I have a buddy that has one, and he's shot a deer over it. And I felt in places that I'm not necessarily going to see a scrape. If I have a pretty good open area, I could make one there with the okay. ease. Right. It's kind of funny you brought this up. I actually went and checked some trail cameras on my buddy's uh little farm that he has. And if you guys have been following me, you, you know that I attempted my first food plot this year. And in that food plot, I left, uh, there was a, there was a fence that I tore down and the, the gate posts, I left them up, drilled some holes in it, put some branches in. And, uh, that's my version of this tree koi. And I ended up getting some pictures of some deer actually using it. So, I was pretty excited that uh, that they that it they started using that uh, that tree branch as under that uh, I guess that uh, mock scrape that I started. Now with this, why 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 did you choose a product like this when you know you could have went into the woods and uh, maybe got a another tree and put it in. T- you know, put it into the ground or cut a tree off, put it into the ground and, and maybe used one of those. Why, why this mad tree koi? Mainly because a lot of the, uh, tactics that I've, I've tried, I have tried cutting down small saplings and attaching them to a certain object to, to make that scrape. But it seems right. every time I do, if something does use it, it rips it away from the object I've tied it or strapped it to. Okay. And this one just has a kind of a bigger base and it allows you to get it deeper into the ground with more stability, I guess I could say. Right. So uh, did you happen to read into any of the instructions? What do you have to do? Just simply dig a hole and put it in or does it like sit over top of a fence post? How's it work? It, uh, the one I looked at recommends, um, you can use an actual tree that you cut down. Or okay. you can use just the base itself that's wrapped in uh, kind of a, a fake bark, but it's got a realistic feel to it, I'm, I believe. Okay. Um, and it's pretty much, you dig a hole about a foot and a half, two feet, even three if you wanted it to be real sturdy, into the ground. And you can either concrete it in or uh, just pack it really well. Uh, I'm not sure what uh, I would do with that. I'd probably actually concrete it in, but it'd be extremely difficult to remove. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, um, and what does something like this run? About $80. $80. Okay. Do you know what it's made out of by any chance? I, I do. Okay. 
All right. I bet you it's some form of hard plastic or something like that. And then does it come with fake leaves or is is it one of those things that has holes and you cut branches down and put the branches in? From what it, from the picture I saw, it looks like you just cut branches down and insert them into the the uh, post. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so eighty dollars for the Mad Tree Koi, and uh, I take it that uh, you, you're, what you're trying to accomplish with that is to get a scent post set up in front of one of your tree stands. Yeah, that and to get kind of a, a buck inventory with my cameras. Okay, that's a good point. Good point. All right. What is the second product on the $100 range? It would be a Wild Game Innovations Vision 10 trail camera. Okay. Okay. Why? Um, tell me some specs about it. Why, why this, why this uh, trail camera? It's a, uh, it's got a seven mega, megapixel, I believe it's seven. Uh, the quality that I've seen from Wild Games cameras in the past that I've used has been phenomenal. I haven't had any problems unless they've just gotten old and just stopped working. Okay. Um, this one just kind of happened to stick out because it's not over the top expensive, but it's got the video, uh, I believe it has sound with it and it's got the high resolution resolution pictures and uh it's also got the uh i guess the flex time uh setting kind of a plot watcher kind of deal oh okay so you, you put it out and it takes a, a picture you set the times you want it to take pictures and then yeah. it takes a picture every minute for eight hours or something like that yeah okay all right and uh, what does something like that run? That runs at $100 even. Okay. Now, my question is, and, and and I know you've already kind of talked on this a little bit, with all of the different brands of trail cameras that are out there on the market, and, and, and we, me and you both know there are several, uh, all you know, anywhere from $50 to $1,000. Why, uh, why did you decide to go with this particular brand and model? I have used Wild Game Innovation cameras before. Um, my first actual trail camera was a Wild Game Innovations, and it was, I simply had been using it for pictures, and it had a video mode, and I was kind of worried about that because of yeah. the very first card pull. I had gotten pictures of two, two bucks. I ended up shooting one in 2013, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm catching half of the deer sometimes, so I'm going to put it on video mode. And it seemed like on video mode, it, it turned on faster than the camera would take a picture. Okay. So I would get the whole deer walking through the frame, and I actually got more idea of where they were coming from and going to off of that camera and uh, actually killed a buck opening day in 2013. So, Oh, nice. That's, uh, that's one thing that I always use – pictures just like you i kind of have i'm hesitant about running video mode just because it eats up a lot more uh um card you know sd card space and i always wanted i'm always trying to figure out okay where is this buck coming from and where is he going and that might help me put some more pieces of the puzzle as far as you know trying to pattern a deer so uh i i totally get what you're uh 
talking about on uh, you know running the video mode. But back to this particular trail camera, any any other reasons other than you know some some brand loyalty because uh, the previous purchases worked? Oh, well, not necessarily. It's just a, a good camera for a good price that offers a lot of different options. Right, and it's picture taking. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, now. Let's see here. Third product. That would be a Hunter Safety System Lifeline. That's a smart one. All right. So, and that that's a, the line that runs from the bottom of the tree to the top. And you just, you kind of click in and you, you know, as you climb, you bring that rope up with you. Yeah, you slide the the knot up as you get up and uh if you do happen to fall the knot that you tie I, I can't remember the exact knot but if you fall it it won't slide down unless you put pressure on the very top of the knot okay and um why why one of these why 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 this safety line you know i've been it's been said that most falls occur getting in or out of the stand and yeah. i know a buddy whose father fell out of a tree stand and passed away i've heard several people fall and get hurt um i actually slipped on my ladder stand about halfway up and thankfully i had a good grip on it uh it's not right. very high but you can break your back falling six feet right right so i just right. feel it's one more precaution to keep me safe getting in and out of my stand because you never know what's going to happen right so what kind of hunter are you do you have all of your stands hung and in place before the season starts, or do you, do you ever do any run and gun uh, setup? Uh, most of the most of the time, here the last couple of years, I've been a get a stand in a tree and hunt that stand. I have a ladder stand, and uh, I, I do like hang ons and uh, tree sticks. Now I used to use the screw in tree steps, uh, but those just got so hard to put in mm-hmm. after a while. And uh, I'm not I'm not the most comfortable hanging stand. Because I've, I've got a slight fear of heights when I'm not hooked onto my harness or something like that. Right. Um, I, I do have a lineman's belt, but I've got two buddies that are running gun only. Right. And they're, they've been showing me easier ways to get up the tree and hang. And uh, I actually, for the first time this year, we went to some public ground in October. And uh, we actually hung stands the morning we were out hunting. And I saw more deer in the... One day we hunted where we were doing run and gun than in any of my uh, permanent stands. Okay. First time in, best time in. Yep. How much does that uh, hunter safety system, safety line cost? Uh, it ranges where you go from 95 to about 110. Okay. 95 to 110. And um, so is, it, is this something that you feel you would get for every stand that you hang or just a couple it'd probably be for every stand i hang unless uh i don't have the time to set one up and then it'd be a a lineman's belt connected to my step until i get up that step right okay all right now you have a hundred dollars to spend for you know a little the next product right you have a hundred dollars to spend you have those three to choose from. What product are you going to choose? Which one of those three that we've talked about so far 
are you going to uh, to pick with that last hundred dollars? I'm getting the lifeline because there's the no lifeline. reason there's no reason to buy the other stuff if I'm not here to use it. Right. That's uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. All right. Okay. Five hundred dollars. What's the first product under the five hundred dollars? The first product would be a hay bale blind. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, which one is it? Is this the the redneck or the actual company called Hay Bale? It'd probably be the redneck because that was the one I found within that price. It was actually five fifty, and okay. the side by side images they look the exact same. So, right. so on this Hay Bale blind, what version? I know they have a HD and they have something else. I'm not too familiar with that. The one I looked at was just the basic model, the okay. double windows on either side and the door on the side. And do you know the dimensions of those, how how big it actually is? I believe it's six foot by five and a half feet, and then it's like four feet in depth. Okay, gotcha. So six by five by four. All right. And uh, what does that cost? Around 550 to 575. Okay, so 550 to 575. Now, um, again, there's several different blinds on the market, and there are even companies that make different versions of this hay bale blind. Why did you decide to go with the the specific um, hay bale blind from Redneck? It'd probably be, I've seen it's very light, two people can move it, and the fact that um, I, I seen just recently someone just put a hay bale blind up and put a camera watching it. And as they left, there were deer walking by it. Right. It's, it's one of those things. These deer in the Midwest are used to seeing hay bales or uh, uh, tall corn. So it would be something easy to conceal within a, a corn, a little patch, or even um, stick it in a tree row and brush it in. Right. Right. Okay. Now, what... Um see do you feel that if you got a hay bale blind uh, where you where you hunt in uh, Kansas uh, you would you would use it more or use it mm, you know just a, just in a couple scenarios or do you f- feel that you might be uh, using it a lot um, I guess it depends on like if I've got recent pictures of a buck and I have the wrong wind, to be in a stand and I can get away with getting into it without spooking anything. That'd probably right. be a situation I would use it. Or if, if it's drizzling rain and I may have a camera or something in the future and I don't want to get it wet. Right. Okay, man. I tell you what, uh, for some reason I, I have a, I have a blind and I just feel like it is such an advantage to be in a tree. And I know there are situations where I could go find, uh, where I could go find uh, um, a place to hunt in a in a blind, but man, I just feel every time I'm in a in a blind trying to hunt, I feel like you lose the advantage of seeing everything. If that makes sense, and that's just me. Yeah, my my deal is I I like to hunt out of ground blinds one because yeah, you can get away with a little bit more movement. And mm-hmm. the scent control aspect, of course, but I also like to take my little cousin out hunting with me or my stepson will be going 
and my wife has actually shown interest in going hunting with me uh, this next year. So that'd oh, nice. be something to where she doesn't, she's, she's not a big heights fan. And uh, I've told her how high some of the stands can be. So I figured if I can keep her on the ground, she'll be more comfortable. Right. Right. So that'd be another situation and just how portable they are. Right. And that's something on I'm, yeah, that's right. And that's something I'm going to have to be looking into in the next uh, couple of years. Um, Cause I want, uh, I'll be taking the, uh, my daughter hunting with me too, and potentially my wife at the same time. So, um, I have a blind that I use for turkey hunting. It's not very roomy, but, uh, it gets the job done. But if I'm going to put a third person in there, it might be a little tight. So, yeah, just a little. All right. So the hay bale blind for no, between 750 and 770, or excuse me, 550 and 575. What's the next, uh, product on that list? The next one would actually be a scent crusher closet. Okay. Now, do you currently use any ozone products? I, I do not. I My basic method is I wash it in scent-free soap. Um, I'm a big scent killer fan. I have a dead-down-wind orange bag that as soon as I'm done washing my stuff, I put gloves on, and I throw my clothes straight into that bag, zip it up, and I will... If it's dry, I'll stick it in the bed of my truck so no snow gets to it. And right. if it's rainy or anything, I'll actually put it in a black trash bag and stick it on the inside of my truck. Okay. So why now are, would you lean towards the the O3, the, the ozone, and specifically this uh, scent cl- crusher closet? Mainly an organization standpoint because when I just throw everything in my bag, it's, uh, when I get out to the field uh, – or once I'm home, that bag right. I can, I can misplace it anywhere, just because right. it it's so compact sometimes. And another part of that's just I, I would like to have something I can put my boots in, and all my all my clothes and have it organized with, whether it's all my early season stuff, late season, that way I can just grab, what the uh, weather permits and toss it in the the bag and go. Okay. Now, how much does something like that cost? And then do you happen to know the dimensions of that as well? Uh, the price is roughly around three to three fifty, and the dimensions um, I believe it's three feet wide by a foot deep and I'm gonna say four and a half feet tall. Okay. So big enough to hold like boots and all your base layers and everything. Yeah, it's got little shelves on the right-hand side of it and kind of like a closet pole on the left to hang shirts and pants and stuff like that. Gotcha. Okay. So I know there's other pro- oh, you know, O3 products out there. I know Ozonics makes uh, – it's it's not as it's – a, it's a portable version. But uh, why, why this particular brand in this particular product? Um, I have a lot of um, – archery friends that, that use these products and they swear by them. Uh, I know a lot of people that have the ozone dispenser you can put in your truck through the lighter port and, uh, they, they love it. They swear by them. And, uh, just that kind of, uh, satisfaction for my friends who are serious hunters kind of gives me the, uh, the confidence that it works. Right. So I have a question for you when it comes to, and this is kind of off topic a bit, but not really. 
when it comes to purchasing hunting gear, how often do you look towards your friends for either advice or reviews or, uh, you know, purchasing a, purchasing a, a product? Do you, I mean, how often do you ask them questions about it before you actually make a purchase? Most of the time, uh, before I make a purchase, I've seen somebody using one and I'll ask them, Hey, how do you like it? What are the pros right. and cons? And then once I, if I do decide maybe I want to buy it, I'll go online and look at reviews and YouTube videos on it and, uh, just kind of do my research from there. But a lot of the people I hunt with or shoot with are very reliable because they, a lot of the people I know are really good at killing deer. So, right. Alrighty, scent crusher closet. That's going to run anywhere between three hundred and three fifty. Uh, what is the third product in that category? The third in the five hundred dollar will be a Reinhardt three D deer target. Okay, and uh, is there any particular model of the deer? Oh, there's there's several models in that price range. You can have them alert or feeding. Uh, I think there's one that's got his head down like he's going to spar yeah uh, it just depends on preference okay do you currently have a decoy uh i have a decoy and i had a reinhardt woodland buck target and we we shot it up pretty good pretty quick between three guys okay. and um i i prefer to practice on 3d targets it, it gives my me a confidence boost knowing that at the angle i shot him at it was a good shot or a bad shot Right. Because uh, right. currently I'm shooting a block target and uh, it just, it's a spot near hits right. and it's there. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I like shooting at, uh, at a life, a lifelike target as well. Um, but do you, other than the, the Reinhardt buck that you have in the past and maybe any other kind of block type, have you used any other maybe competitors, brands? or different, I shouldn't say competitors, but different brands other than Reinhardt in the past? I have. I've had quite a few, actually. Uh, I had a Delta McKenzie Intruder Buck for, it was about $80, and it was the roughest target to pull arrows out of. Um, yeah. But it had a real small body, kind of like a uh, an East Coast deer, just real tiny. Yeah. And then I had actually purchased a Glendale, which I, I really liked that target. And... Uh, just the the whole four core it, it lasted me quite a while unless you shoot low in that thin piece of foam once that thin piece of foam gets eaten away that deer just falls apart yeah i've uh i've had my struggles with reinhardt in the past <laughs> i i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that experience but i i i was not happy with uh, that purchase that i that ended up making um, on the buck. I know the arrows are super easy to pull out and that, that center piece is pretty, pretty standard, but what they give you to put, what they give you to put the, the stakes into the ground. It, it's like the kinetic energy of my arrow is loosening, like loosening, loosening that up all the time. And I, I find myself having to continuously put the deer back together or tighten the legs. I mean, I have decking screws in there right now, holding it together. So, oh boy. yeah. So anyway, Reinhardt, how much does the target that you want to buy cost? It is uh, right at 500, 500. Okay. Alrighty. 
All right, so Reinhardt target. Um, not too much to, not too many questions to ask on that. Have I mean, other than the arrows, because I've shot some Reinhardt targets before, and I think some of it could be what my arrows are actually made of. Um, I, I think that carbon arrows are with some kind of graphic design, like a, a camo pattern on them are harder to pull than a standard black or an aluminum arrow. Uh, I, have, I you have, had, have you had any experience with that? Um, I shot Carbon Express uh, Maxima Hunters that had the half camo, half black, and yep. they were noticeably harder to pull than my Mayhems that were just a carbon weave. Okay. And I have also shot Full Metal Jacket, and uh, if I'm shooting 3D, I want a Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> right, just because they're so... They're much easier to pull out. It, it's like butter. It's so smooth, and there's not a lot of wear and tear on your arm trying to yank it out of a target. Right. Yeah. I hear that. All right. Okay, let's move on to the big dog. $2,000 here. What um, What is the – actually, out of those – out of the $500 category, which one of those products are you choosing if you could only pick one? I'm – Probably gonna go with the Reinhardt. The Reinhardt target. Okay. Because I have other, I have blinds that I use, and I have my uh, my thin eliminating. It obviously works. I mean, I've tagged out, and I haven't had anything smell me, and I've had deer walk right down my trail, so I'm not right. too worried about that. But the confidence in my shot, I feel, is my most important right. trait due to just two days prior to shooting my buck, I actually shot a different buck and shot him high just because I wasn't fully confident in that shot, but he was right there and uh, I'd actually not moved my sight and I shot him up in the back strap. Right. And that deer, I saw him actually the same day I shot my, my big eight walk out of a bedding area and he was fine. There wasn't even blood on his fur or nothing. Okay. All right. Now let's get into the $2,000 category. What's the first product? The first product in the $2,000 range is probably going to be a redneck predator blind. One of the big hub shell blinds that sits on a elevated platform. Okay. Um, now is that, is that because you would use it for gun season, something like that, or why a different blind? That uh, most of the areas that I can use a blind, uh, the open field that we have on our farm is there's kind of a, a point to it where you can't see to the other side. And yep. I want to put that blind in a spot where I know the deer are traveling, but if they're not traveling where I'm at, I'd like to be able to see where they're going and where they're coming from. Okay. Okay. And so get people in it. Gotcha. What's and what's this run? Uh, about fifteen hundred and fifty to seventeen hundred. Okay, so roughly sixteen hundred dollars, give or take. And yeah. um, now the question is, between the two, would you pick the would you pick the bigger, more expensive blind over the uh, the hay bale blind? If I had the funds, yes. Yes. Okay. And it, for the sole purpose of just going and, uh, 
getting a little bit higher elevation. That when it when it gets cold, I I hate being cold. I <laughs> it's one of my the only thing the one only thing I don't like about deer season is being cold to where I can't feel my hand in my feet. Right, right. So does that um, is is that a, that's a plastic right a molded plastic. Uh, guess uh it's a it's a molded plastic right it's not the hay bale type of yeah it's got the hard plastic shell with a i believe they it comes with kind of a horse mat in interior that soundproofing okay. and right. kind of a wind block kind of a deal now are are those the vertical windows on that thing to uh so you can shoot a bow if, if like a, a deer gets close to you you can kind of aim down at it a bit the one I was actually looking at has a little bit bigger vertical and horizontal windows for if you do want to shoot out of the horizontal window, it'll give you more clearance for your arrow. Okay. All right. So that's, uh, so that's about $1,600. Um, now again, same type of, same type of deal. You know, there's other elevated blinds out there. Uh, why did you decide to go with redneck again? Just the reviews I've, I've read from other customers that have them, uh, on their stability and, uh, the longevity of the blind, okay. I, I, the material they use on it outlasts some of the other competitors blinds from what I've been reading and just, uh, people are very happy with them. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. What is the what is the second product in that category? The second product is going to be a uh, probably another Reinhardt target, but this time it's going to be an elk. Okay. <laughs> an elk target. Yes, sir. Gotcha. You, you know, I almost thought about buying an elk or a bigger mule deer target before uh, last year before I headed out to uh, um, Idaho. But uh, what is your reasoning for an elk target? Um, I actually, I, I am, I do want to go out west and hunt elk or up to Kentucky. I know they have elk. Um, and that's one of those things of I'd like to be able to be able to judge yardage off of a bigger target in right. case I don't have the time to pull my rangefinder out or up to my face without getting busted moving. And I just, I just like to have an elk target. I think it'd be cool. <laughs> that's, that's the, I like that answer. Uh, not, not real, any reason just because it'd be cool. Pretty much. And it'd be fun to shoot at a big target at say a hundred yards and just see if oh, yeah. you could make that shot. Yeah. I hear that. That would be fun. All right. So do you live in the country or do you live in town? Do, do you even have the ability to shoot a hundred yards? Man, I live smack dab in the middle of the city. And, uh, the only, <laughs> the only place I really have to shoot is about 30 yards in my front yard. The, the neighbors really don't mind. Cause they know I'm, I'm not going to take a shot that I feel I'm going to miss. Right. But if I do miss, I have a, a big bag target behind it that stands quite a bit bigger than the block. So if I do happen to miss, it hits that bag target. Right. Um, right. but I do have a big open field, uh, about 200 yards from my back porch that I, I can go out and shoot into, um, no one's ever said anything to me because I've shot out there before. Um, I'm, I'm actually not shooting at houses because there's, it's probably 600 yards long. So 
the chances right. of me actually hitting the house are very slim. Okay. And what does an elk target cost? Right at uh, $1,400 is the Reinhardt elk I was looking at, or you can get the Delta McKenzie for 17 That's uh, pretty self-explanatory. And what is the third product in this uh, price range? It would be a Sony XD cam, uh, an X70. And the reason I've, I've picked that particular model is uh, the reviews I've seen are people are really excited over the fact that in low light conditions, this camera just excels. Um, and I feel as deer hunters recording our hunts, nine out of ten times it's a low light condition that's right and this is uh uh, like a handy cam or is it a a more expensive version of that it's a more expensive expensive version uh it comes with the shotgun mic and uh the big hd screen with the adjustable uh zoom on the handle okay and then is um uh is it is this a 4k model yeah, it's 4K. All right, so it's a it's a step up from your regular uh, HD HD footage. Uh, do you currently have uh, a video camera that you take out with you? I, I do not. Uh, the only source of video I have is on my phone. But I, I if it came down to recording a deer and shooting one, I'm going to shoot him. But uh, just this year. The doe I shot on that public ground doing the running gun, we did get on camera with a buddy of mine just bought a nice camera, and he's been filming all his hunts, so he actually got that on film. Oh, cool. Cool. That's nice. Yeah. I tell you what, man. Self-filming is a tricky business. I, uh, I've i messed up more than my fair share of, uh, of, anim- of shots trying to get something on film, either not letting it walk through a shooting lane and, uh, you know, and not getting a crack at it or maybe taking a shot that, uh, I should have taken like uh, 40 yards earlier, but now he's quartering away at a harder angle. So, uh, but at the same time, I, I love to video stuff, you know, stuff as well. That way you have it as memories. Um, and you said, the this is a Sony X70, right? Yes. Okay, and it performs from the reviews you've read. Uh, it performs well in low light conditions. Did you happen to do any research on any other uh, similar handy cams or from different brands? I had I had looked at some of the the less expensive, like the Tacticam or a GoPro, and I, I kind of steer away from GoPro because there's no real zoom to it right and uh the the tactic cams i've seen are they're very nice um but once again it's a if i'm shaking like a leaf i don't want the footage to do that if i've got a big buck in front of me so i feel just having a nice camera that's going to be still while i make the shot and learning how to self-film would be would be great right yeah definitely that's a little bit of a learning curve on there um so, out of those three products, which one of those are you picking? I'm going to have to go with the camera, just because yeah. uh, to be able to film my hunts and relive the memory if I shoot the biggest buck of my life, to be able to go back and 
share that with my friends and the whole experience is just uh it'd be something special to be able to bring back and show my family who's actually been very supportive through all of it i guess i I guess i didn't ask you what was the uh cost on that x70 uh two thousand eighty dollars two thousand and eighty dollars okay cool all right so we've we've discussed all these products um or these nine products in the three different categories roughly your best guess now my question to you is are you married do you have kids i am married uh my wife has a son who is nine okay uh we are not able to have children due to her having ovarian cancer. Oh and boy, sorry to hear that. Her, well, she she has beat it twice, and we're very very thankful that she is free and clear as of right now. Okay. So, you know, you're a family man. Roughly, how how much money a year do you do you get to allocate towards hunting and hunting related activities? I, Best guess. Yeah. Best guess, I couldn't put a price on it. My wife lets me get away with quite a bit of yeah. spending just the amount of hours I work sometimes. And if, if it's something I need that it can potentially get me home faster to her by tagging out like I did this year, like what ha- what helped me this year was a $12 Primo's uh, dough can. Right. That's what brought this buck into me is I hit it once and he came tearing through there. Um, but as in expensive i i just got a brand new uh bow not two days ago and uh she was as, just as excited as i was to to know that i'm happy with it and that it's gonna help um but now that i'm tagged out i've told her hey the the hunting gear's done i've got everything i need for that i've needed for this year next year i'm going to be doing food pots and stuff so we'll be working through that together um but i'm if I had to put a price, I've spent probably over, I'd say, twenty five hundred dollars just okay. in stands or arrows and stuff like that. That I've and I've switched bows several times, and I I finally found a bow that I like. What bow did you go with? I have the twenty sixteen Bear Escape. Okay. Now you mentioned you had several bows, and I'm just going to kind of pivot here. Uh, that you've bought in the past. What, what were some of the bows that you bought in the past that maybe, you know, led you to finding this bow that you really liked? You know, and it's, that's one of those things I've, I've shot the rainbow. I've shot everything from Matthews. I had a Creed. I shot a Hoyt Alpha Max. I've had a PSE Stinger, uh, Evo and a full throttle. Uh, I've had a Ross for a while and I had a elite synergy. And just, they were, they're all wonderful bows. I'm not taking anything away from them. Uh, I've also had Prime, which is another great bow. This, uh, but here lately, it's been a, a factor of me being able to hold it full draw and, and keep the bow up and execute a shot without feeling tired at the end of it. Right. And a lot of bows are heavier than others. This bear, it weighs four pounds with, no accessories and uh i run a heavy v-singer stabilizer with uh i believe six ounces on the front so it, it's got some weight to it but it's uh the grip itself is real it fits real nice in my hand 
when I draw, it's not too rough. The the valley doesn't thump over like a lot of other bows I've shot. Right. And uh, it it's not it's not super whisper quiet, but it it flings the the arrow down there pretty quick. So I'm not super worried about that. I'm not going to be shooting sixty yards at a deer. Um, I think farthest shot was actually my buck. He was at thirty four yards, and I was shooting a full throttle. And that thing's so fast, it got there before he realized it. But I also had trouble holding that bow back at full draw while I'm shaking like a leaf. Right. Okay. I got a quick question for you. And you mentioned, you know, arrows. How often do you, how often do you buy arrows? Do you buy arrows every year or do you buy, buy them until you lose them or until they break or what's your, uh, what's your motto on that? Oh, uh, well, my deal, I uh, I started out with some Carbon Express Mayhems when they came out, and that was when I was up in West Virginia when I really started bow hunting. Uh, I went through those, actually, when I came back to Kansas to live with my grandmother. Um, I was shooting at the same spot, my target, and I started getting to be a pretty decent shot, so I started breaking arrow after arrow. Well, I went out and bought some brand new uh, Maxima Blues. And not knowing how to judge distance, I didn't have a range finder, and I had paced off what I thought was 20 yards, and I slung arrows into grass and never found. So there went <laughs> a whopping $80 there. Right. Uh, but I found an archery shop here in town that they got me set up with different arrows, and when the guys would get something new, I'd look at it and shoot it. And um, The arrows I'm shooting right now are gold-tip kinetic chaos, and uh, I, I love gold-tip arrows. I've had full metal jackets and they're amazing, but I like to target shoot with uh, the archery club. And when you're shooting an aluminum arrow that bends, if you get smacked, that arrow's done. Right. Right. But I've I've gone through quite a few different kinds of arrows, and I'll Robin Hood them or smack knocks off of them and crack the shafts. And um, but by far the ones I'm shooting now are are fairly tough. If I do get a new set, which I was kind of leaning at, would be the new uh, gold tip kin- uh, kinetic pierce. Right. What's the difference uh, between the, the regular kinetics and the kinetic? Did you say fierce? Uh, pierce. They're platinum pierce. pierce. Okay. Um, I I feel it's just a a heavier style hunting arrow. Uh, I think it's got a, a little bit of a stiffer spine to it. Uh, it's pretty much the step up from the chaos. From what I'm understanding and reading because right. I had the original kinetics then the chaos came out and then the platinum pierce came out gotcha. gotcha well Lance hey man I appreciate you taking time to uh, you know do some research on these products uh, take time out of your day to chat with me and uh, thanks man not a problem I'm glad to be on I, I enjoy the podcast a whole lot it helps you get through the work day and <laughs> always fun talking about deer hunting huge shout out to lance for coming on the show and uh talking about his wish list taking time to do that look up those products and prices thank you very much again and as always thank you to the listeners for taking time to download this podcast and spend a a little over an hour with me and and the guest every uh every time we launch it means a lot to me and uh, i owe it to you guys Thank you very much. Uh, Again, huge shout out to sponsors, Exodus Trail Cameras and Deer Lab. Be sure to go check those uh, those guys out. And uh, if you guys want to 
see more from the Nine Finger Chronicles, visit me on Facebook, visit me on Twitter, uh, follow me on Instagram. I do a lot on Instagram where I post pictures that I, I would, would normally not post on Twitter or Facebook. And man, gun season starts this weekend, which means it's my time to spend, you know, the next couple of weeks, I'm really going to spend with the family. I'm going to crack down, try to get a lot of podcasts done. Um, and then I'm going to try to get out there and, uh, hunt some late season, try to lo- locate a big deer and, uh, maybe put, put one on the ground if I can have some time. And then it's, uh, 2017 before you know it, I'll be hitting the ATA show, uh, which brings me to, kind of a, a point and I'm briefly going to mention it but I'll 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 mention it again when it, it gets closer to the, to the uh, actual time for the ATA show if there is a product that you want me to take a look at or if there is any type of company that you want me to uh, you know take a look at their products maybe get some pictures of let me know and uh, I'll try to fit in as much of that as possible I'm going to be shooting a lot of bows testing some stuff out and uh Yes, there's that. And with gun hunting season already open in a lot of states uh, and shotgun season opening up in Iowa, not only is it important to wear your damn safety harness, but it's important to, you know, a bow is one thing, but a gun is something completely different. Um, Please be safe out there. Please make sure you're taking all the uh, precautions to not only protect yourself, but to protect those that you're hunting with and uh i'll see you guys again on friday or i'm not gonna see you i'm gonna listen to you you're gonna listen to me you're gonna listen to me again on friday which sounds really weird and i'm just gonna ramble off real quietly and i'm going to fade into nothing